Welcome to the Mindset is Art podcast. I'm your mindset coach, CJ Lee. And what do you think? Does a 1% change make a relevant difference? According to Jim Rohn, success is a few simple disciplines practiced every day, while failure is simply a few errors in judgment repeated every day. In aviation, the one degree rule states that for each degree a plane veers off of course, it will miss its destination by one mile for every 60 miles it flies. So that means if you're flying from San Diego, California to Hawaii, you would miss the island by 42 miles if you were off course by just one degree. So oftentimes we overestimate the importance of one defining moment, that final minute of the Super Bowl or the punchline in the presentation or getting down on one knee and flashing some jewelry. We hold incredible emphasis on these little moments. And often we underestimate the value of making small improvements on a daily basis. The two-a-day practices, the learning the fundamentals of throwing the football, the reading about your business, the little business conversations that led up to that presentation, the giving of love and the building of relationships and the small moments that build that love, trust, and connection. Usually we convince ourselves that massive moments require owning that specific moment and that's what matters the most. But really, if you take a step back, it's all an accumulation of moments that make up 99% of that final moment. So what is an area of your life that you want to experience more effectiveness or productivity within or enjoyment within? And take a look at the little pieces of the puzzle. What do the moments in between look like for you? Are there areas that you could pull out an extra 1% of improvement within? James Clear, author of Atomic Habits, hits on this point really well in his book. In chapter one, he talks about the fate of British cycling and how it changed all in one day in 2003. Great Britain hired Dave Brailsford as its new performance director. And at the time when Dave came on board, Great Britain was one of the worst groups for cycling. Since 1908, the British riders had only won one gold medal at the Olympic Games. And in 110 years of the Tour de France, no British cyclist had ever won the event. But Dave Brailsford came in with a different perspective on how to improve their system. It wasn't about these big moments. It wasn't about executing at the Olympics or executing in the Tour de France. He referred to a strategy called the aggregation of marginal gains, which was what was going to set them apart moving forward. He said, and I quote, the whole principle came from the idea that you broke down everything you could think of that goes into riding a bike and then improve it by 1%. If you can do that, you'll get a significant increase when you put them all together, end quote. So they started making all these little changes. They redesigned the bike seat to make it a little bit more comfortable. They rubbed alcohol on the tires for a little bit better grip. They had the riders wear electrically heated overshorts to maintain the ideal muscle temperature. He had them switch from outdoor racing suits to indoor racing suits, which proved to be a little bit lighter and a little more aerodynamic. They tested a bunch of different massage gels to see which ones had the fastest muscle recovery time. They even had a surgeon come in to teach each rider the best way to wash their hands to reduce the chance of catching a cold. They switched their pillows, their mattresses, to improve the night's sleep for each rider. So they made all these little tiny changes. And within five years after Brailsford took over, in 2008 at the Olympic Games in Beijing, they won around 60% of the gold medals available. Four years later, when the Olympic Games came to London, they set nine Olympic records and seven world records. And that year, one of the British cyclists, Bradley Wiggins, 
won the Tour de France. And the next year, his teammate Chris Fromey won the Tour de France. And they went on to win in 15, 16, 17, giving them five Tour de France victories in six years. So pretty incredible changes just off of making little adjustments here and there. And from James Clear's book, and I quote directly, he says, in the beginning, there's basically no difference between making a choice that is 1% better or 1% worse. In other words, it won't impact you much today. But as time goes on, these small improvements or declines compound and you suddenly find a very big gap between people who made slightly better decisions on a daily basis and those who don't. And here's the punchline. If you get 1% better each day for one year, you will end up 37 times better by the time you are done. End quote. So how does this play out in the little basic elements of our life? So let's say you just did one extra rep per workout in the gym. So if you take it like me, I do three sets of six different exercises. So that's a total of 18 sets. So if you did one more rep per 18 sets, that's 18 more reps. And typically I'm shooting for about six to eight reps per set, say an average of seven. So that's 126 reps per workout on average. And let's say you work out four days a week. Four times 52 is 208 days. You work out 208 days per year. So if you do an extra 18 reps per day for 208 days, that's 3,744 more reps in a year. And if you divide this back by seven reps to figure out how many sets that is, that's 534 more sets per year just for doing one little extra push when normally you would have quit. And let's be honest, tacking on that one extra at the end of the workout is where the result really comes in from. It's when you're tired, it's when the muscle is struggling, that's where the result comes from. So actually, probably the value of that is proportionally greater than the other reps. It's like Muhammad Ali says, I don't count my sit-ups. I only start counting when it starts hurting because they're the only ones that count. So the opposite is also true. If you leave one on the table, let's say you went instead of doing on average seven, you were doing on average six. The opposite is going to be true. That's 3,744 less reps per year. So imagine the effect that both of those have on your body. It's just a little bit less effort or one more. It's just a little more effort on each little push. And really from day to day, you probably don't notice the difference. It doesn't change that much on an individual workout time over time. But when you see by the end of the year that it's 534 more or less sets per year, that will make a big difference. As Tony Robbins says, we often overestimate what we can do in one year, but we underestimate what we can do in five. And you can reduce that down to a day versus a week. We overestimate what we can get done in a day, but we underestimate what we can do in a week. Same thing applies. It's all about long-term compiling and compounding effects. And the basis of this may be very obvious from a physical level, right? Just doing a little bit more, whether that's staying an hour later at work, making one or two extra calls per day, right? Those are physical, trackable metrics. But something deeper is happening as you commit to going that 1% extra. And that's on a mentality level. Your mindset begins to reassociate your actions around, hey, I don't just complete what I'm supposed to do. I go a little bit above. And that's what leads to my success. It shows yourself a commitment to you. You set a goal, not only do you reach it, you surpass it. It also gives you confidence in yourself, in your own word, in your self-image. You say, you know what, if I set out to do X amount, I do X plus one. It shows yourself, hey, I'm committed to going above and beyond. I will do what it takes, and then I'll do a little bit more. And now as you start to set goals and make promises to yourself, and as you have seen in the past, whether it's simple things at the gym, making one extra call at work, staying in five extra minutes, whatever it is, you start to believe in yourself. You start to believe, hey, if I tell myself I'm going to do something, not only do I do it, I do it even better than I said I was going to do it. Now as you're making promises to others or making future promises to yourself, you believe it is going to happen more than you did before. 
And that's really one of the main reasons that I actually like going to the gym. It's more of the mental exercise. The physical exercise is obviously super important, but the mental piece, that's why I would rather go more consistently and do shorter workouts is because I like going in frequently. It's the mental exercise. It's the pushing through the weakness, showing yourself, hey, if I'm on the treadmill and I say I'm gonna go a mile, I'm gonna go a mile point zero five. And when I see that and I do it, it's like, man, that feels good. And halfway through that mile, you're like, oh, I can never make it. I can't do it. I'm tired. I wanna quit. And you just force yourself. Go, 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 go. And that muscle that you're building, that willpower that you're exercising, lets you believe that you can capitalize on that in different areas of your life and helps you when you're in that at work of like, God, I just wanna relax. I just wanna go home. I just wanna call it quits. You already have built that in your head of, listen, we know what this feeling feels like. We push through it all the time. We're going to push through it right now. Boom, you push past it, and it feels great. You have a little bit of extra success. That call goes through. It was a great one. Now you got an awesome deal on the table, whatever it is for you. Maybe it's within relationships, being a little bit better than you were before, being a little more attentive, a little more present, being in a little bit of a better mood, carrying a little bit of a better energy, and how that positively affects not only the circumstance with that person, but the relationship moving forward. Or it could be something in your hobbies committing a little bit more to getting a little bit better. Over the long haul, these things make a big difference. And just like that, it's really, it's not about just being better for the sake of being better or to be the best or to win this competition that is life or that is business. It's really because this comes back to directly affect your quality of life. When one area of your life improves, it means that the whole of your life has really improved. The more micro changes you make, the more everything starts to add up into larger quantities. And that's when luck starts to seem to come into our lives, right? Even lucky break after lucky break. As the Roman philosopher Seneca says, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. So the more little improvements that you make, the more your opportunity for luck increases. As one of my professional athlete coaching clients says, which is something I really like, he says, I'm always trying to increase my luck surface area. Doing the little things in different areas that gives you just enough edge to seize the moment when opportunity arises. It feels and looks like luck, but more like Seneca said, it's more of preparation meeting an opportunity. So tool of the day, what is one area of your life that you could improve by just 1%? Maybe it's your sleeping habits. Maybe it's your morning routine. Maybe it's your working habits or working out or in a hobby, communication in a relationship, or your mood in general. What is a 1% change that you can begin to implement to help you increase your luck surface area? So that's what we're working with today. Say if you have a specific way that you increase your results by 1%, I'd love to hear about it. You can reach me at coach at cjleady.com. This is the Mindset is Our Podcast. Thanks for going to MI with me today.